Well, I did a bunch of research for this message, and I found some very startling facts. I don't know if you know this or not, but personal stress is at an all-time high right now. Actually, they say we're more stressed out than people were in World War II. Okay, and, and we're not even in a war, um, and we're more stressed out than people were in World War II. Listen to this interesting fact. This just came out in the beginning of January. The amount of people that lose their life has now surpassed the amount of people that die in a car crash, people that kill themselves due to stress. So people are taking their lives more than people are getting in a car accident and dying. Um, that's a large, large amount of people. Um, these are the top seven things that you probably stress out about. Okay, number one, you probably stress out about your job. Um, number two, you probably stress about, about your finances, about your money. You, you never have enough. Or you, when you feel like you just got everything saved and everything in order, then something happens, right? And it goes away. Or maybe you stress out about your health. Maybe you've got some physical problems. Maybe you've gone to the doctor and they can't seem to figure out what it is, so you stress out about that. The fourth thing that we stress out about is relationships. So whether you're married or if you have children, maybe it doesn't go so well or maybe it does or you feel like you're walking on eggshells in a certain relationship. Um, the fifth thing that we stress out about is a poor diet. We feel terrible and, we're, and stress um, gets into our body mainly because of the way that we eat. Um, this is a very interesting one. Um, a lot of us are stressed and we don't even know it. And the reason we're stressed is because we're on a media overload. Um, we're so overloaded and we're so inundated with technology and different media that we don't even realize that it's actually stressing us out. Um, another thing is lack of sleep. Um, lack of sleep. I've definitely experienced this one before. Um, it's, you can see this all throughout if you go look at the statistics. I mean, the number one selling uh, pill at any kind of pharmacy, Walmart or whatever is sleeping pills. Um, because people just have a really, really hard time going to sleep. And simply, it's not because they can't, it's because they're so stressed out. So you're so tired, and you finally lay down your head on the pillow at night, and you want to sleep, like you desperately want to sleep, but you just can't because your mind is just going, and it seems like it won't shut off. And the last thing that we're so stressed out about is checking out at Walmart with kids in the line. Um, (laughs) I just threw that one in there. But I always ask that question. I have five kids, and we go check out at Walmart. It's like the most stressful thing, and I don't know why. I think Satan himself actually put the Snickers bars right by the checkout because every single time I go to checkout, my kids are like screaming and wanting some kind of candy. So maybe it's just me. Maybe I just struggle with that. But every time I go to Walmart and walk into the checkout line, I want to shoot a child. Um, I'm just being honest. Um, So here's the question that I think we all want to know today is I've got some stress that I'm dealing with in one of these seven areas, and how do I keep from stressing out? Does the Bible say anything about stress? Does the Bible say anything about managing um, my stress? Before I dive into this question, what I want to do is I want to diagnose why we're so stressed out, Because I think we have to realize the problem before we can get into the solutions. Because if we can realize what the problem is, then we can know how to actually fix it. Now, I think one of the primary reasons many of us are so stressed out is because the world offers so much. And we live in this mentality and in this culture that what we have is never enough. 
So we will work ourselves crazy um, to get more of it. And then when we get more of it, we're not satisfied with it. So we need more and we need more and we need more. And the truth is we live in a busy, cluttered, overloaded world that just wants you to have everything that you can possibly have. I mean, credit card companies are very well, they do a very good job at advertising this, right? Oh, if you don't have the money, just use the card. And it's nice where you're getting the stuff until you get the bill, right? So here's what's happened. Because of this, because we live in such a busy culture, because we live in a culture that says, hey, you, you never have enough, you constantly need more, it's the first time in history that Americans in our generation are going to work 180 hours more than the previous generation. 180 hours more than the previous generation. And it's not necessarily because we're working because we're trying to get more money. We're working more hours and we're taking on more shifts because we can't manage and we can't keep up with what we have. So we're forced to work more, right? So we're forced to heap more stress on ourselves because everything that we have, we can't pay for it. So we stress out about it. So here's what this means. We are working an entire extra month in a 12-month period. So technically, if we're going to work 180 hours more a year, we're working almost 13 months out of the year. And you say, well, how is that possible? I'll show you how. In other words, people don't value sleep or rest anymore. (laughs) They don't. So so what do we do? We, We work long hours. We don't know how to shut down. Um, I've, I've found when we first started this church, I mean, I fell into that trap very quickly, right away. Man, there's so much to do. There's so many things I got to do. 12 hours in the day, it's just not enough. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. And then about six months in, I realized, man, if I don't slow down, like this church isn't going to last long because it's not going to have me in it anymore. I'm going to burn myself out. And this is what's happened to many of us. Another stat is 80% of mothers feel overloaded and stressed. 80%. 80% of moms feel overloaded and stressed out. 80% of dads feel overloaded and stressed out. And here's the deal. I just want to say this up front. Many of you came here today because you would like me to help you cope with your stress. And here's the deal. I'm just not going to do it. And you're saying, well, then why am I here? And let me tell you why you're here. My goal today is to point you to Jesus, and Jesus will begin to put his finger on the clutter and the busyness in your life. Because until we change something in our lives, there's not a single coping mechanism that'll help you. So here's what I'm going to just be real honest and upfront about this. If you want to manage the stress in your life, if you want to deal with the stress in your life, then you can't come in here and just listen to a sermon. You're going to have to walk out of these doors after this is all over. Let the Holy Spirit put his finger on some certain areas that you're just so busy, you're cluttered, and life has just gotten out of control. And let him put his finger on it and say, you don't need to do that anymore. So this is going to be hard for some of us to hear because we're going to come to the realization that the only way that life is going to get better, the only way that I'm going to experience any kind of joy in this life is by me having to make some really hard decisions. I'm going to have to walk out of here and I'm going to have to change. I'm going to have to do something about it. So here's the whole point of my sermon. Here's the whole point of why you're probably stressed. You're doing too much. You're doing too much. Everything that you're trying to accomplish in one day, it just doesn't fit. You can't squeeze it all in. So we're stressing ourselves out to try to get everything done. And here's the deal. When you're doing too much, it just naturally produces stress. 
It produces arguments. It inhibits relationships. It inhibits intimacy between you and your spouse. It inhibits you actually having a life because you're so stressed out. If you're taking notes, write this down. What you're doing might be doable, but it's not sustainable. What you're doing right now might be doable. Maybe you're saying, hey, look, I'm young. I can manage it all. Listen, it's not going to be sustainable. And, and, and let me prove it to you. So right now, everything that you're managing, everything that you're doing, maybe you can manage it in 12 hours. Maybe you can do it. But can you keep that pace for the rest of your life? And you say, well, you know what? I'm just trying to be, I'm going to try to get everything I can done at, while I'm young. And then when I'm older, I'll be able to enjoy it. Yeah, if you have a body left. So maybe you just drove yourself into the ground and by the time you're 67 year old, years old to enjoy all the fruit of your labor, you're so physically depleted from all the stress that you have piled on, you can't even enjoy everything that you've worked for anymore. So what you're doing right now may be doable, but is it sustainable? And if you keep going at the pace you're at now, here's the truth, it will destroy your life. It will destroy your life. Stress is a very real thing. Um, physically, it will beat you down. I have been so stressed out before, um, about, probably about five, almost five years ago now, I worked for um, a, uh, the Outdoor Channel filming shows and producing TV shows and all this kind of stuff. And at the same time I was doing that, I was trying to help my dad within the church there. And then I was doing stuff in the church and I was working for the outdoor company and then I had my own personal business where I was doing weddings and then I had another business where I was doing photography I had all these things I was so stressed out um, I woke up one morning and I could barely get out of bed and my wife found me on the bathroom floor just like hunched over and I couldn't even stand up like I literally thought I was gonna die and I'm like man what is going on my stomach was hurting things were I mean it was bad so I go to the doctor and he basically is like, Zach, you have too many things going on. You're too stressed out. You've got three stomach ulcers. And uh, if you keep up at this pace, you're, you're going to kill yourself. And, and some of us are like trying to diagnose like why we, we feel tired all the time and why we feel terrible all the time, why we feel groggy, or why we just feel so temperamental all the time. Like, why am I always just blowing up on people? <laughs> why am I always snapping at my husband or snapping at my wife? Because you're so stressed out and you're trying to manage so many different things that you don't even know how to have genuine relationships anymore because all you can think about is doing what you need to do to get things done. Job 9.25. Listen to this. It says, My days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without seeing any joy. Any joy. So here's what he's saying. Here's what this text is saying. Man, the days go by fast. And if you're always running at a fast pace, trying to do a million different things, all the things that you're accomplishing right now, you're never going to experience any joy in them because it's just going by so fast and you can't learn to pause and take a moment and to really just enjoy it. You know, one of the most, the coolest things that my wife and I did about three weeks ago, we went on vacation and we shut every technology off. Shut our phones, we didn't watch TV, we didn't do anything. And I can't tell you how refreshed I felt coming back from that. And even how relieved, like I wasn't even stressed out, I wasn't tense about anything because we were just able to sit down, enjoy a meal, and just go, man, this, this food is good. Man, we, we have a great family. We love our kids. We're enjoying our time. And here's the deal. When you're so stressed out about that, you don't even get to enjoy the benefits of life. 
you forget, like you lose wonder of certain things within life because you're so worried about accomplishing tasks that you don't enjoy what's really going on around you. In other words, you're running all over the place trying to accomplish a million things. And when you're running around, it begins to take a toll on your physical body. So here's the question that you have to ask yourself. Maybe you're accomplishing the things that you, that you need to accomplish, um, but physically, what is that doing to you? What is that doing to you? I don't know about you guys, just, I guess it's my physical makeup and just how God designed me. Um, but I've been like this since I started preaching. Like, I can't eat a meal before I preach. Um, it's just something I've never been able to do, and I could be starving. I just can't eat. Um, and so sometimes one of the things that I've had to learn to do is I've had to force myself to eat before I actually preach because what it does to me after I'm done, um, I, I, my, my stomach hurts, my back will hurt, all of these things. And it, I think it's, it's stress that does that and then the, just the lack of eating good food. Um, I've found myself when I'm on the go, when I'm on the run, when I've got meetings and appointments and I'm trying to meet a thousand different people and I'm driving through different places, just grabbing a meal, picking it up. Man, that week that my week is like that, I just feel terrible. And by the time I get home, I don't, I don't want to do anything but just relax. I just want to shut down because physically I feel bad. Like physically I feel horrible. I feel tired. I feel depleted. And this is what we've got to realize All these things that we're taking on right now, it doesn't only just affect our mental capacity, it really does affect our physical bodies. So here's the question that I think that we've got to ask ourselves. Why are we so busy? Why are we so busy? Why are we running around trying to accomplish a thousand different things? Because I think if we understand this, then I think we can lean in to kind of fix it. Um, The first thing, one of the first things I think that we're, the reason that we're so busy is we have too many choices. Today we live in a culture where just choices are unlimited. I remember growing up when the only video game that I had was on Nintendo 64 and it was like Duck Hunter. Remember Duck Hunter? Like that was the only choice. Like my dad was like, I bought you the, 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 you know, the, the N64 and I bought you Duck Hunter. That's it. Like I'm not buying another game. And I remember I, like I was so good at the game, although I, hold the, I held the thing like this close to the TV, you know, like trying to shoot. Every day. And that was my choices. And, and nowadays we live in a world and in a culture where like you can have thousands of games on one device. I don't know about you, but I love going to restaurants when the menu only has like 10 things on it or five things on it. You ever see, I hate going to a restaurant that has like 10 pages on it. Um, I'm usually, I'm a very, I pick food very quick. I'm just like, surprise me. I tell waiters this all the time. Look, I'm here. This is new. I've never been here. Just surprise me. When we go and sit down at a restaurant with 10 pages, I'm like, oh God, we're going to be here for 10 hours because my wife cannot make a decision. (laughs) It's true. She's like, I don't know what I want. I'm like, just pick something with chicken in it. It'll be good. (laughs) But here's the truth. We have so many choices now of things that we can do and directions that we can take. And we have just a hard time actually making decisions. Therefore, we run around going, well, should, do I want to be, do I want to have this job? Do I want to do this? Do I want to follow this career? Do I want to live in this house? Do I want to raise my kids this way? Should I do this? Do I want to spend this with my mom? We have so many options. And that's why we're so stressed. The second thing is, there's so much social pressure today. The reason we're so stressed is because there's so much social pressure. Get this. Here's the hard truth. Most of us 
are living the life that everybody else wants us to live and not the life that we want to live because there's so much social pressure. We're living the life that everybody on Facebook wants us to live. We're living the life that our boss wants us to live. We're trying to become the man that our friends want us to be. We're trying to become the, the woman, you know, the mother that, you know, you look at another mother and say, well, she's perfect and she's got everything together and you try to measure up to her. There's so much pressure and when you can't perform to that certain level like somebody else has, then you get stressed out. Well, am I going to be a good mom? Are my kids going to be raised well? Am I, am I, am I going to be a good dad? Am I going to provide for my family like my parents provided for me? There's so much pressure on us. The third thing, we believed we could have it all. We believed we could have it all, meaning this. I've, I counsel so many young people today, um, or many younger families, that want everything that their parents have right now. And so what they do is they go out and they buy the nice house, they buy the nice car, they buy the nice furniture, they buy the nice everything, and they got it all. They have a nicer house than their parents. And then two years later, they're so stressed because they can't pay for it because they've maxed out their credit cards. And they're living a life when they don't even realize, like, I look at my parents who have nice stuff today, but it took them like 35 years to get that stuff, right? They paid for it cash, they went very simple, they went very slow, they lived life pretty easily, and now they're enjoying and reaping the benefits of just being wise throughout the years. But young people today, we look at that and say, well, my parents have it, so I I want it. And I want it right now. I don't want to wait for it, I don't want to save for it, I don't want to prepare for it. I want it right now. I don't know if you know this, but Americans actually spend 117% of their income. Did you know that? 117% of their income. That's that's crazy. That that stat was actually in 2014. I guarantee you it's probably higher. So let's just say 120%. That's insane. And I'll just be real brutally honest with you. The reason that most of us are stressed is not because of the circumstances of life. It is self-inflicted. It's because we've, we've gone crazy with our money. Or we've gone crazy thinking that we can just accomplish all these different things and we can do all these different things. And the truth is we can't. And the last thing, we believed we could do it all. I'll say it this way. Some of you in here, you're overestimating your abilities. (laughs) You're overestimating your abilities and what you can accomplish physically. You're overestimating your abilities. And here's the truth. It's going to cost you big time. And here's what I mean by this. You may say, no, 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 Pastor Zach, you know what? I've got a high tolerance. I can carry these things. And some people, their makeup is different. Some people are just high capacity people and they can carry things, big loads of things, and it really doesn't stress them out. And it doesn't make you any lesser of a person if you can only carry one or two things. But here's the truth. If you're doing more than you should and you're overextending yourself, you've got to be kidding yourself if you think that it's not going to catch up with you. Because you're going to look back 10 years from now and you're, and you're going to have a wife that looks at you in the face and says, you know what, I'm glad you made all this money and you got all this stuff for us, but I don't know you. And, and, and to be truthful, your kids aren't going to look back in 5 to 10 years and say, hey, Dad, thanks for you know, paying for college and thanks for buying the car. You know what I've sit in counseling with all the time of, of, of children that have been so wounded by their fathers or by their mothers and, and they said, you know what, I just wanted my dad to be there for me. That's all I wanted. I've never sat down with somebody and said, you know what, well, what's going on, man? I'm just so angry at my dad. You know, he, he didn't buy me the truck. <laughs> he didn't buy me the truck. 
every single person that I've talked to is just, man, I just wish my dad would have spent more time with me. And here's the truth. We can't because we're so stressed out. We can't because we're so overextended. We don't even have time to think about the most important things in life. So here's the question now. What do we do with all this stress? What do we do with all this stress? Now, I refuse to tell you that you can keep the life you have because honestly, if you want to reduce the stress, you have to change the life that you have right now. That's just the hard truth. If you want to live a less stressful life, the life that you're living right now has to change. We're going to talk about that in a moment, but there are some really hard decisions that you're going to have to make. And my prayer today is that God would just open our eyes to certain things and certain pieces of our life where we have just cluttered some things and where we're doing way too much. Because the truth is, God offers a better life than the life that you're living right now. He really does. Listen, I want to tell each and every person in here, whatever you're walking through right now, maybe you feel this heavy burden on your back. Man, maybe you feel this, God, the the economy, the jobs are just scarce. I don't know what I'm going to do. And you're driving yourself mad trying to provide. I want to ask you one simple question. And listen, I admire you for working hard. I think every man in here, you should go to bed tired every night because you spent every ounce of your time working as hard as you could. So I'm not saying that you should give up on anything, but here's, here's what I want, I want you to do. With how hard you work to try to provide for your family, how hard do you work to try to get to know Jesus? And I guarantee you, if you did just that, your stress levels would go down. Because here's the thing, God is a God of peace. He's a God of joy. He comes in, he leans into those heavy burdens of our life, and he says things like, hey, you're carrying that? I'll carry that for you. And maybe you've heard that your whole life and you say, well, what does that even mean? I don't, I don't know what that means. And you'll never experience it and you'll never know what it means until you lean in and you begin to know and get to know the God of the universe who genuinely loves you and wants to carry those burdens for you. Here's the truth. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. I love this quote right here. It says, the wisdom of life consists in the elimination of non-essentials. The wisdom of life consists in the elimination of non-essentials. So here's what this means. We look at the landscape of our life and say, yes, these may be good things in my life, but are they stressing me out? And let me get rid of them. If you want to do more of what matters, then you have to believe that less is better. Less is better. And as Americans, I know this seems crazy, right? We subscribe to the belief that more is better. Let me prove it to you, right? One Rudolph donut is good, but two is better, right? (laughs) One hot and spicy from McDonald's is good, but two is better, right? Like one dollar is good, but two is a whole lot better. One wife is good, but two is wrong, (laughs) obviously, right? Everything, like we live in this culture that says one is good, but I would take another one. Like, this house is good, but it's not good enough. This truck is good. It gets me around, but it's not good enough because it doesn't have the little mud grips. I like the little mud grips on my cars. It doesn't. So we live in this culture that says what you have is not enough, and you need more. And then you get more, and then you're like, oh, my God, I'm so stressed out because <laughs> I, I don't know how to pay for all of this. 
Let me lighten the mood a little bit here because some of you seem really stressed out this morning. A student in seminary asked his professor, he said, um, Professor, and I've always wondered this too, he said, um, why did Solomon have so many wives? You ever wondered that? Like Solomon had like a thousand wives. You, you look at the, the Old Testament, you're like, God, why did you allow Solomon to have so many wives? And the seminary professor, and he says, well, you know, son, in hopes that one of them would wake up in a good mood in the morning. <laughs> Some of you are not laughing, but that is funny, okay? <laughs> has nothing to do with my message, but I just thought I'd throw it in there. Um, and here's the truth. So many of us, I think this is the most common excuse. So many of us say, well, the reason I'm so stressed out is because I don't have enough time in the day to accomplish everything that I need to do. How many of you, just show of hands, feel like there's not enough daylight? There's not enough daylight. Let me prove it to you that you actually have plenty of time. Because here's the truth. You make time for what's most important to you. And, and let me prove it. Um, you eat out 14,000 times in your life. Um, including, this is crazy, 1,800 trips to McDonald's in your lifetime. In your lifetime. Watch this. You, this is insane. You spend 13 years, 14 months watching TV. 13 years, 14 months of your life watching TV, and you say you don't have enough time. 13 years, 14 months watching TV. You spend five years waiting in line. I hate lines. You spend one year looking for misplaced items. <laughs> one year looking for misplaced items. You attend 35 weddings in your lifetime. For me, it's like astronomical. It's a lot more than that. You drive 627,000 miles in your lifetime. You know how many times around the earth that is? 25 times around the earth. You have plenty of time. It's just going to the wrong things. You have plenty of time. I mean, if you just cut down on watching TV, you have plenty of time to accomplish the things that you need to do. And if we just cut down on social media, you have plenty of time to do the things that you need to do. Can you believe that? 13 years watching TV? Ecclesiastes says it this way. Ecclesiastes 4, 6. Better is one handful with tranquility or peace than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. So let's break that down for a moment. So here's what this means. What Solomon is saying, he said, listen, I would rather have one bucket full so I've got one job, I've got a family that I'm loving, that I'm supporting, I've got a church that I'm, I'm going to, and life is good. And then maybe another opportunity comes across, and Solomon says, hey, look, there's another opportunity, you can make more money, you can move up the ladder, you can do all these things. But he's saying, listen, I would rather just walk around with one bucket of peace rather than trying to balance both of them. And some of us, because we live in this option-based world, when opportunities come our way, we don't know how to say no, so we just say yes to everything. And so, like, we walk around and we're trying to carry all these different hats and do all these different things. We must live life with margin or there will be no peace. And the truth is, less is better. See, 
we are designed, and Scripture teaches this, we are designed to run a race, but we've got to learn to stay in our lanes. I want to show you a graphic on the screen. Guys, if you want to throw that up real quick. See, imagine this circle. We've got the word energy in it, and all these different arrows pointing all these different ways. So, so let me put it to you like this. So maybe one of these arrows is like kids' soccer practice, football practice, baseball practice, okay? One of these arrows is your job. One of these arrows is your family. One of these arrows is another side business that you just took on. Another one of these arrows is trying to manage kids, all these different things. And you've got energy being expent just everywhere. And so by the time that your feet hit that couch or your body hits that couch, you're gone, Right? You're out. You're out of the game. Like if your, wife, if your wife asks you to get up and do anything, you're like, no, I'm planted on this couch. I cannot move. Why? Because you've spent so much energy every single day. And the, the reason most of us feel so depleted is because we don't know how to make a plan. We don't have a plan. We don't live by purpose. We're not living intentionally. When, when we first started the church, one of the things that I did when we created our website, I put my phone number on the website because I wanted people to say, hey, I wanted people to know, like, hey, listen, I'm here for you guys. Any questions that you have, I want to be able to answer. And it was great for a little while until my phone wouldn't stop ringing. And what happened in the very beginning of the church, like, I would just, I would say yes to everything. Anybody want to meet with me? Yeah, I'm there. Anyone want to, yes, I'm there, I'm there. And so what ended up happening is I'm getting energy just expend everywhere. And here's the truth. If you don't plan your day, somebody else will. They will. If you don't have a schedule, if you don't have a plan for your day, I promise you somebody else will plan it. And this is what a lot of our lives look like. Our energy is just being expent everywhere. Throw up the next graphic. This is how God designed us to live, to learn to stay in our lanes. So here's what this means. Here's what this means. For me, every single week, I sit down with my wife on a Monday morning and we go over my calendar. And the first things that go on the calendar are not church stuff. The first things that go on the calendar are family and personal things. Okay, babe, what do you have going on this week? What do, you, what do I have going on? And we throw that on the calendar. After we do that, then I say, okay, here's all the things that I caught accomplish for work this week. I'm going to be gone this night, and I'm going to be gone this night. And we begin to throw those things on there, and I have a goal for the week. This is what I need to accomplish by the end of the week. And this is what I've learned to do. When people come in and say, hey, listen, can I meet with you? Can I do this? And I say, hey, listen, you can meet with me in two weeks. I've got a time slot open. Instead of saying, yes, I'll meet with you right then. Because listen, other people's emergencies should not always be yours. They should not always be yours. And I've had to learn that the hard way. Because, man, I'd have to look at my wife or my kids and say, hey, they really need me. I've got to go. And then you start seeing the effect that it has on your family when dad's coming home at 11 o'clock every single night because I'm expending energy to other people and not my family. Man, it opened my eyes really quickly when, you know, my little, my first, my Eli about a year ago said, dad, you're never home. You're never home. And man, that was a knife to the heart, right? So I had to go, man, I've got to change some things. I've got to look at some things. I've got to be intentional about my week. So you know what I do? You know what my favorite word is? And this may be offensive, but it's just no. (laughs) And it's not because I don't want to meet with people. It's not because I don't want to be around people. I got to schedule it in because I have a family that I need to take care of as well. And I've got to manage my energy well because I don't want to be a part of this church for five years. I want to be a part of this church for 25 years. And I don't want to burn out in three years or four years 
or do something stupid because I was tired and I didn't have enough energy to stay healthy and manage my relationship with Jesus. See, if we don't prioritize our life, somebody else will. If we don't prioritize our life, it immediately leads to stress. Psalms uh, 139.16 says it this way. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So listen, if God has a plan for your life, don't you think that you should have a plan for your life? God has an intentional purpose for you to be on this earth. Proverbs even says that, man, people that do not plan, people that do not plan or put a plan in place, they will fail. And I've seen that happen on many aspects in my own life and in the church and even different things. It's better to get the right things done, not more things done. It's better to get the right things done, not more things done. We have to learn to live our life intentionally and on purpose before God. So I think what I just did is I kind of explained to you guys some of the reasons why we're so stressed out. So let me give you some practicals of what we can do, some things that we can put into place to eliminate some of the stress in our life. Hebrews 12.1 says it this way, and I love this verse. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So here's what he's saying. Before you go and you run this race called life, throw off the heavy things or you're not going to make it. So this is what I I believe Jesus wants to say to us today. All right, let's realize that we're running, we're in this race, we've got to be purposeful, we've got to be intentional, but we've got to get rid of the heavy baggage first. And once we get rid of that, it's a whole lot easier to run. How many of you ever, like, you bought a pair of shoes, a new pair of shoes, and you put them on, and for like the next two, three days, it gives you blisters? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You get to buy a new pair of boots, and before you break them in, it just doesn't feel good. Imagine putting on that new pair of shoes and having to run a 10-mile race. It'd be miserable, right? But that's, that's kind of how some of us are right now. Because we're saying, listen, I know I have all these things behind me and all these things that I need to change, but I just, I'm just going to manage it. I'm just going to deal with it. I'm just going to stress out about it. So the first thing that we've got to do to get rid of stress, number one, regularly take inventory. We need to learn to stop and evaluate our hearts. Ask yourself this question, am I in the right activities? Is everything that I'm doing, is it sustainable 10 years from now, the life that I'm living? Let me put it to you this way. Usually when someone dies, we take quick internal like, perspective, right? We ask ourselves the question, um, man, am I ready? Am I ready to see Jesus? And it, it makes us stop and it makes us think about what's really going on in our hearts. And we should ask ourselves that question daily. Are the things in my life that I'm doing Are there things in my life that I'm doing that I should not be doing? Let me show you how this plays out um, for me. Once a month, every month, my wife can attest to this. I literally turn my phone off. My wife knows what day it is. I turn my phone off. I don't answer any phone calls that day. I don't don't open my computer. I don't respond to any emails, nothing. I I don't answer telegrams, nothing. And I go and I hide at a coffee shop all day in this corner with a baseball cap on, you know, and just sit down like this. And I read, 
I pray and I ask myself some questions. I say, God, is there anything in my heart that I'm doing that is just displeasing to you? God always speaks to me. He always does. And, And the second thing I do is, man, I begin to look at my calendar. I begin to look at different things and go, man, do I have too much on my plate? Am I spending time with my wife? Am I spending time with my kids? Am I around the right people? And I begin to evaluate things within my heart. Because here's the truth. Proverbs puts it this way. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Can I just be real honest with you? The reason so many of us are stressed and the reason so many of us are busy is because we never take inventory of our heart. And the reason that we don't want to stop and take inventory of our heart because we know if we stop, we'll be grotesquely dissatisfied with what we find. And can I be honest with you? There have been many, time, many months where I've sat down and I begin to evaluate my heart and I'm disgusted with myself. And I go, God, like, I feel like Paul in Romans when he says, like, when Paul says, man, who's going to save this wretched man? And there's totally times when I evaluate myself and go, man, I'm, I am not on par. I'm not where I need to be. But here's, a, you know what it helps me do when I evaluate? I become self-aware of where I'm at. And at least I know I'm not in a bad, at least I know I'm not in a good spot. And now I know that I need to change something. And the truth is, most of us don't even evaluate that. So our life is just constantly unhealthy. Because here's the, here's the greater truth. Nothing stays where you left it. Nothing stays where you left it. Just because you came in here a year ago and you got this fresh touch by God, or you got saved... It doesn't just mean that all of a sudden, like, that feeling just stays with you. It's something that you've got to cultivate. It's something that you've got to manage. You've got to keep pursuing it. I can't, like, romance my wife one time and say, hey, look, I did my stuff, you know? Like, I poured my life out for you that one, hey, remember that one day, like, 10 years ago that I romanced you? My wife would be like, you're crazy. If it's not a continual pursuit, then I don't see anything, right? Nothing stays where you left it. And I think life is a good depiction of this. Decay is a good depiction of this. You ever see somebody when they move out of a building, when everybody leaves the building and that building stays unoccupied for five or six years? What happens? It just begins to decay. The weeds begin to grow. The walls begin to weaken. The roof begins to cave in. Why? Because nobody's cultivating it. Nobody's taking care of it. And the same thing happens to your heart. And the reason that so many of us are stressed out and we're so busy is because we're not stopping to evaluate and get self-aware of where we're at. And the second thing that happens. So once you become self-aware of where you're at, this leads me to the second thing. You've got, second, you've got to make tough decisions. You've got to make tough decisions. And the sad thing is, some of us would rather people like us than do the right thing. We would rather people like us than do the right thing. All of us have something, including myself, all of us have something in our life that we need to get rid of today, this month, this week. And the truth is, some of you, listen, you know what it is, like because God's putting his finger on it right now. And if, I'm telling you, if you don't make that decision, probably today or tomorrow, you won't make it at all. We've got to go out of here now that we've gotten self-aware of some things and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? 
We've got to take action. Truth is, the quality of your life would be so much better if we could learn to just make decisions of letting go of things. Just letting go. My wife went to Kerrville last week, and um, her dad is a collector. I call it a hoarder. He calls it a collector. Um, He has stuff everywhere, just tons of stuff. And he had the hardest time just throwing away stuff. And my wife had to constantly remind him, like, Dad, it's a picture. It's a picture. You're stressing out about not being able to move all your stuff, but you have so much that you could just simply throw away. Some of us just got to come into the landscape of our life, and we got to make some tough decisions. I'll tell you one of the tough decisions that Claire and I had to make early on, and it was very offensive to some people, but I felt like it was the right decision to make. Right now, while our kids are young, our kids don't sleep over at people's houses. They just don't. Maybe, and I don't, if you have a different stance on that, that's fine for you. You're, those are your kids, and whatever you feel like God's called you to do, then I'm not judging you in any kind of way. Our kids sleep over at my parents' house, my in-laws' house, um, Claire's sister's house, and that's about it. Friends' houses, they don't sleep over, and I'll tell you why. Because when I slept over at other friends' houses, that was when I, make, that was when I made all my stupid decisions the first time, Right? <laughs> Like, mom and dad aren't here, so what am I going to do today, right? And I remember a friend came to us a long time ago, a few years back. Hey, can your kids sleep over? And we said, no, no. And I'll be honest with you, it, it wasn't like I just confidently was like, no. It was, I, I kind of like, you know, beat around the bush a little bit. I was like, well, you know, I mean, uh, you know. Uh, I tried to make it as nice as I possibly could to try to wrap it in this package. But then I had to go back and, you know what, we've, we've had a conviction about this just not going to happen. No. And here's what's, and the reason I tell you this story is simply because some of the decisions that you're going to have to make may be offensive to other people, but if it gets stress off of your shoulders, that's the decision that you need to make. And we can't be, wor- listen, we can't be worried about what people think of us, because the truth is God already approves of us. He loves us enough. And the truth, the reason that so many of us are not free is because we care more about what other people think about us than we do about what God thinks about us. Can I just be honest with you? Some of you in here, um, it'll be a tough decision. Like maybe you need to sell your car. You say, what? Sell my, sell my car, why? I guarantee you if you didn't have a $700 note every month, you'd live a little bit less stressful. I don't say this out of pride or anything, but Claire and I, for five years of our marriage, we drove one car, and the bumper was, like, smashed in that I never got fixed because I took the insurance money, and I needed it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, that check is not going to the car. We need this check. We drove that around for five years. When I worked in Baton Rouge for almost a year and a half, um, I drove that car back and forth. My wife was stuck at home. And I just refused. I was like, we are not buying. I'm not having a five, $600 note. I'm just not doing it. Every single car that we have bought has been cash. Every single one. And here's the truth. Some of you, let me just talk financially real quick. Some of you in here, the reason that you're so stressed out is because it's like I talked in earlier. You buy things because you want it now. But if you could learn to steward the little bit that God has given you right now, he will bless you. He will give to you because he says, hey, listen, this is somebody that can steward their finances, that can manage them, and if I give them something big, they'll know what to do with it. They'll know what to do with it. It's kind of like the whole lottery syndrome. 
God, please give me more money. I'm not giving you more money because if I did, you'd just blow it. You know, most people that win the lottery within one to two years are bankrupt. 32 million, 37 million, 40 million money gone in two years. Why? Because they couldn't handle it. And I genuinely believe it was over almost, almost seven years. Claire and I bought our cars, cash. We've always bought used cars. And then last year, almost six, seven months ago, some of us, somebody gave us a brand new van. Like brand new. Gave it to us. And I genuinely believe it. I'm, that it was because God was saying, hey, listen, I trust you. You've stewarded. You've managed. You haven't gone out of control with the cars. So he leans in and he says, I feel like I can give you this because I can trust you. And so here's the deal. I think for some of us, it's going to be some really, really difficult decisions to make that we've got to go back home. Maybe we've got to, inv- we've got to look at our finances and say, man, what are some things that we can just eliminate? Maybe you're in here, maybe you're working like six different jobs, and maybe you don't need all the money. You're just doing it because you're trying to store up this large esneg. I don't know. You're looking at all these different things and saying, man, what do I need to get rid of? Do the hard things now so life will be less stressful later. Do the hard things now. Make the tough decisions now so that 15, 20 years down the road, you can actually enjoy it now. You can enjoy everything that you've worked for. If you will learn to say no, here's the deal. You'll trade popularity for respect. If you'll learn to say now, no now, you'll trade popularity for respect. Psalms 90.12 says this. Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Some of us are so stressed because we just say yes to everything, right? We say yes to absolutely everything. So this leads me to the third point. Number three, focus on what matters most. Focus on what matters most. Most of us are stressed because we unintentionally prioritize the things that don't matter the most. And listen, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing things that don't matter. There's nothing wrong with that. I love art. I love music. I love all those things. There's nothing wrong with pursuing those things. Just don't do those things first. Like after you have gotten your priorities done, then you can say, hey, if I have some time left over, like for free time and have some time in myself, then I do that. But for many of us, it's flipped over, right? And that's why we, we end up becoming, we, we watch 13, hours of t- or 13 years of TV and we do all these things. And so we end up putting the things that don't matter, we put those first. We've got to learn to flip it around. So now the question is this. What matters most? What matters most to you? And the way that you test that is you ask yourself this question. What I'm doing right now will it matter 100 years from now? Will it matter 100 years from now? Steve Merle, who lives in the Philippians, or the Philippines, um, he wrote a book called 100 Years From Now. And the whole premise around this book was, what you're doing right now, will it matter 100 years from now? And you may ask yourself the question, well, what do you mean? I'm not on a platform, I'm not on a stage, I'm not leading a company, I'm not leading an organization, or or whatever. You know what matters 100 years from now? The investment that you put in your wife. You know what matters 100 years from now? The investment that you pour into your kids. You know what's crazy? Because almost 40 years ago... um, 
my dad got saved. He came to know Jesus. And now he raises a family that grows up to love Jesus, that serves Jesus, a few kids that are in ministry. And now I'm raising a family that's pursuing Jesus, loving Jesus. So the little things that you do, that decision that my dad made almost 40 years ago is going to affect my kids and their kids and their kids. So what you're doing right now, will it matter 100 years from now? So let me wrap it up with three quick things. So what are the things that matter most? Number one, God matters. God matters. See, life is short and eternity is long. (laughs) Life is short and eternity is long. And who you spend eternity with will depend on how much priority and purpose you gave towards Jesus. What matters most? Luke says, then Jesus said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Here's the problem with our culture today if we, is we value stuff more than we do people. We value stuff more than we do intimate relationships. And you say, no, I don't. I don't value stuff more than anything. If you, if you want to put this to a test, go home, sign into your bank account, and it'll tell you what you value. If you really want to be nervous about that, go start itemizing every single thing that you spend your money on and you give your time and your money to, and it'll tell you what you really love and what you really value. What matters most? God matters most. See, my hope in this life, and I'm not saying that I get it perfect every time because I don't, my hope is that I can be rich in God and I don't have to be rich in stuff. I can be rich in God and I don't have to be rich in stuff. I'm not saying it's, it should be your conviction. It's my wife and I's conviction. We've, we've chosen to live a very minimalistic life. We don't make a whole lot of money. But here's the truth. Um, we do live a pretty good life because we haven't gone crazy with what God has given us. And so, man, when, when I want to take my wife out on a date, I can do that. When we want to go on vacation, I can do that. And it's not because I make a whole lot of money. It's really not. It's because we plan for the future. To say, hey, what God's given me right now, I'm going to steward that so that when we do want to do those things and we do want to have outlets where we can alleviate stress, guess what? We can. We can. And if God matters most, you'll have that as well. The second thing, people matter. See, stuff will burn, but people will live forever. Stuff will burn, but people will live forever. Everything you have worked so hard for in this life will not come with you into eternity except for the people that you invest in. (laughs) Just think about that for a moment. Everything that you're so stressed out about will one day burn. Think about it this way. That outfit that you had to have so bad that you worked an extra shift for will one day be at Goodwill. Think about it that way. That, that car that you have to have. You guys have seen all the cars off of the interstate that got messed up by the flood? I don't know if you saw it, but I, I passed by when they were picking up all the cars that had gotten water damage. And these are it, cars in perfect condition. 
I saw a convertible in perfect condition. And this guy comes with this forklift and just pierces the front of the convertible, picks it up and drops it off into the lot. And I'm going, oh my goodness. And then it dawns on you. It's just stuff. And I wonder how much people stress out about getting stuff when one day it'll just be in a pile. I'm reminded that every single time I drive into Baton Rouge, and if you, you're going over that bridge, if you look to the right, you see this huge junkyard where they smash cars, and they repurpose the metal and all the tin and everything on them. You go like, man, my, my car, one day, is, it's going to be there. See, people matter most. All the stuff that you work so hard for, you can't take it with you. And the thing that I want to do when I get to heaven one day is I want to be rich in relationships. And hopefully they, when, people, when you get to heaven one day, people can come to you and say, you know, because you told me about Jesus, I'm in eternity today. That's what really matters, guys. See, if you want to live a less stressful life, start living a life for Jesus and for other people. And things will begin to make sense. The last thing. Eternity matters. See, Matthew 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had, and he bought the field. <laughs> I love that story. This guy just kind of digging around with a shovel, tink, hits a treasure box, opens it. Oh my goodness, look at all this treasure covers the hole back up, goes to the owner and says, hey, I'm going to sell my home, everything I have, I want that field. The owner's like, that field? That junky field? Yeah, I, I want to buy that whole field. Sells everything he has because he knows once he buys that field, he is set for life, right? Because of the treasure that he found in that box. And here's the deal, that's exactly what God wants us to do this morning. Are you willing to say, I will give up everything comforts, my pleasures, my stuff so that I can follow Jesus. And when you make that decision, guess what? God leans in and he gives you everything that you could ever dream. And it may not be in the form of possessions, but it will be in the form of peace. It will be in the form of joy. And guess what? He will bless you too. You want to know the one thing one of the most devastating parables in the New Testament is the story of the rich young ruler. It's this man, he gets saved and all these people are following Jesus and he comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what do I need to do to be into eternity and follow you? What do I need to do? And Jesus says, well, have you, have you done the two commandments? Have you loved God? Do you love people? Yes, I love God and I love people. He goes, the third thing you have not done he says, go home, sell everything that you own, and then come follow me. And the story ends like this. It says, the rich young ruler was filled with much sadness, and he went home because he was very wealthy. Long story short, he couldn't give it all up. He couldn't sell it because his stuff meant more to him than following Christ. So here's the question that I leave you with today. What is God calling you to give up? Because whatever he's calling you to give up is your pathway to less stress. It is your pathway to more joy. And God doesn't want you to just start the race well. He wants you to finish the race well.